imagine a future. And our imaginings horrify us. They won't fear it. Until they understand it. And they won't understand it. Until they've used it. Theory will take you only so far. Welcome to Movie Humpers. I'm Bob Sham. I'm tired. The sounds you might hear are dogs. Yeah, we are tired. <laughs> it's been a weird weekend. Yeah, I don't know exactly I, why. I feel way off, and I'm not sure why. No. Yeah. Well, last weekend we had Barbenheimer, um, and it was both movies were successful. Yeah. When we were in the line for snacks mm. to go, when we were going to see the Barbie movie, yes, we went to our local Bell Court for Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer, yes, the movie we we're talking about today. But there was a girl dressed in a suit, and yeah. we were, and we were very quietly making fun of her. Like we, it didn't you more than me. It didn't occur to us until you were like, "No, she's dressed like Robert Oppenheimer." Yeah, that that's what she was doing. But you thought maybe she just like saw Annie Hall for the first time. You know, sometimes sometimes <laughs> kids are weird and they're just no, like, totally "I'm going to wear a suit to my I job." Mean, we saw a young man even with though, a pocket square yesterday. Unironically, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes people just be like, "I'm going to wear a suit to my job," even Absolutely. though I work at the fucking Shell station. Kids who carry briefcases, shit like that. We like, all knew a fine. couple of kids like Absolutely. that. Absolutely, but yeah, this girl was dressed like. Robert Oppenheimer. Robert Oppenheimer. That's a hard... It's hard to say Robert Oppenheimer. Uh, For you, I guess. Robert Oppenheimer. Nailed it. Say it three times fast. Robert Oppenheimer. Robert Oppenheimer. Robert Oppenheimer. Okay. Good job. (laughs) This is an Angela problem. (laughs) This is a tired problem. You have a tired sleep in your eye. Now, Barbie is... Was very heavily marketed. Yes. To the point that we're probably going to be very tired of seeing the Barbie marketing soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie was a hit. But Oppenheimer, also a hit. Yes. But the marketing didn't go. I would have loved to have seen Robert Oppenheimer on a bag of Doritos. <laughs> Robert Oppenheimer doll? Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, he is little a very... Tiny, little tiny Adam box. <laughs> I think Killian Murphy should just go on RuPaul's Drag Race and be a guest judge... But he's playing Robert Oppenheimer. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, I mean, I mean if you had to pick a, a plug a historical figure out of history, yeah, 
and put him in a modern context. I think Oppenheimer would have loved the fame. I think he would have been a real Twitter hag. I think put him on Jeopardy. Oppenheimer. This was a movie that was three hours long. We knew it was going to be long. We knew it was going to be long. And you know what? The, the, the biggest compliment I can give to this movie is that there was never once in those three hours that I was like, oh, my God, they could have cut this. That's true. I mean, this is a big story. It's a big story. And, and, and the way they told it was really interesting. It was. It was. It was an approach that felt a little different. Mm-hmm. Um I was looking at the list of Christopher Nolan movies, and I've only seen him maybe about half of them. The Dark Knight trilogy, Inception, which is kind of overrated. Yeah, I agree. Um, I haven't seen Dunkirk. That does seem like a kind of movie I would watch. I'm surprised you haven't seen Dunkirk. Yeah, yeah. I think I would probably like it, too. Yeah. Just because it's like a dad boner movie like mm-hmm. that. I kind of like mm-hmm. that shit. I don't know. We're not going to go through this movie. We're not going to go beat by beat through this movie. No, we'll- if you want to know the story, it's it happened. It's like true. It's based on the book American Prometheus, written by Kai Bird and Martin Sherwin. Also, the adapting to screen uh, was written by Christopher Nolan himself, which is pretty impressive. That is impressive. and But you know what? You know he's thinking when he's adapting it how he wants to shoot it. Like It actually makes so much more sense for a director to be involved in that process if they have the skills to be. Mm. If they don't, no way, right? But you should. And uh, the cinematographer is the same cinematographer for our Friday drop, which is um, Hoyt Van Hoytema, who, Hoyta Van Hoytema, maybe I'm pronouncing that right, who did the cinematography for Let the Right One In. You mentioned something else that they did that's going to, be nope they that did, we're going to be watching they did for nope, halloween this which year, will come around this halloween which is exciting uh because we missed that in the theater i wish we'd seen it in the theater it, but you know it happens it looked it, it did seem like a good theater movie that's one thing i'm there's a list of things but one of the things i'm grateful for about this show is that we're seeing more movies in the theater again more consistently mm, yeah we could stand to do more and when we started the show we were hitting it a lot Maybe too much. Yeah, so much that we were like, should we get the Regal Pass? Apparently they can, <laughs> if the movie's hot, they can just determine to not give you, you the pass. You pay extra. That's bullshit. <laughs> I know it is. Uh, anyway, so Oppenheimer was very long. Just had part. to pee for the last 40 minutes of this movie. And guess what? Worth it. You know, the nature of this movie felt like, like a scattered memory. Almost. Mm, yeah. It really did. Almost like it's like Oppenheimer just trying to recall all the most important details in yeah. his life. Everything seemed to be kind of centered around him, with the exception of some of the scenes of Louis Strauss, mm-hmm. separate, played by Robert Downey which Jr. They, which Nolan made the very interesting choice to do in black and white. Yeah, yeah. The stuff that where you're later on and there's interrogations and everything is centered around Strauss a lot more in these scenes. Yeah, he does choose black and white. But nothing seems to linger more than a few seconds before it cuts Yeah. to another thing in the scene or into another scene. It does sound like it's literal interpretation of like just a scattering thoughts of just trying to explain mm-hmm. like his own life. That's kind of how I interpreted it. Scattering. Yes. It, it because, doesn't. Because it's not as messy as I maybe made no, that No, it's not as messy as you made it sound. But the whole thing is that there's a couple different things going on simultaneously in this movie that are all set up at the beginning and all end at the same time, which is we're we're sitting in the room 
where Oppenheimer is basically having to give like a deposition. It's the McCarthy era. It's to say whether or not he can keep his clearance. And if he loses his clearance, it basically means like he's done. He's done. He doesn't have any sort of clout to speak about weapons policy, whatever, because he he did get really into that. And so, and and also it basically is them just saying, like, kicking him to the curb, basically. Essentially, like, red taping him off. There's like a closed room that where that's happening. Simultaneously, we are at Strauss's hearing or deposition. I'm not sure what it's called to become, um, what is he trying to do? He's trying to get in the cabinet. Oh, God. You're, you really, please don't ask me specifically what all their positions are. This is what I'm saying. Were, what no, but doing. what is he trying to get at the end? Yeah, I can't There's remember. There's so many details. I can't remember. They're asking him a bunch of questions Elected about his relationship board. with Oppenheimer. Yeah. And, he feels like he's sort of being put on trial as well. Strauss is interesting character played by Robert Downey Jr. And but I didn't really feel like until we got into the political dirtbag weeds of it all, he starts to get upset his character. And then that's when Robert Downey Jr. was like, Oh, he really kinda came alive there. He did come alive there. And then it makes all the points earlier on where he seemed maybe inconsequential. So much more, so much better because the way he played it, you were like, whatever this stupid guy. And then all of a sudden you realize that he's been pulling strings this whole time. I mean, he's the, he headed up the board that oversaw, that was the, basically the bureaucratic wing of overseeing and pro and like getting through all the Manhattan Project stuff. And yes. The, and the, uh, Trinity test. Launch. Yeah, and, and and Trinity is where they made basically a test atom bomb. It was the one of can we do this? Yeah, and they built this little town out in the middle of Los Alamos, and I would have honestly, I think it would have contradicted the style of the movie that we had maintained. So I get why they didn't do that, but I would have kind of loved to have kind of seen how people felt about living in this little mm. area. Like, every, the government is providing them with everything, but it must still be so strange. Yeah, well, we did find out at one point that even though they weren't supposed to, the people who lived there were having these, like, secret meetings and talking about, like, are we doing the right thing by being out here? Should we be out here at all? Yeah. And so that's the kind of the closest they got to it. His wife, Oppenheimer tends to seems to be attracted to women who are not completely mentally stable. And have, fine. And they have to be... At least a communist at some point. Though. Yeah, yeah. Communist, Look, mentally unstable women. This movie will teach you that no pussy goes like commie pussy. <laughs> commie pussy game be on. So, you, you think you're going to go out to your, uh, you think you're going to go to some libertarian group and get pussy like that? I don't think so. I didn't even know Florence Pugh was in this movie. Mm. Florence Pugh is in this movie. We get some nude. We get some nude Florence Pugh. Mm-hmm. Hey. She's she's a pretty lady. It's so she's a pretty lady. Oppenheimer is a skeleton of a man. Yeah. And this guy is is naturally that thin, right? Because he's like the oh, Peaky Blinders guy. Yeah, like he kind of looks like Murphy, a skeleton. Yeah. He's a nar- narrow Irishman. British? No, I'm Irish. Uh, yeah, no, British. No, no, no. I'm oh, Irish. sorry, yeah. sorry. To, to, oh, that's a big difference. The uh, area of North Europe. Enough, is so good. He's really good. Yeah. Uh, Matt, so good. Matt Damon plays the uh, general. I can't remember all these characters. General Gordon, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he actually does a good job too. But that 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 general character in real life was apparently a resounding dickhead. Oh, 
and, sure. and he was a dickhead like when we first meet him but it would have been cool if he was just completely insulting throughout the whole movie he more seemed like frustrated by things and yeah uh, em- Emily Blunt plays his wife that he in- eventually marries. She's an alcoholic. There's tons of like uh, Kenneth Brano plays Neil Neil's bore. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman is Truman. That scene's very good. Is mostly pretty historically accurate in the way that American Prometheus is accurate. But I was trying to read more on the guy that they claimed was giving info to the Russians. And oh I, yeah. And I don't know if that is true. I should look a little more into it. That may have been. A little bit of an embellishment there. They named there. him. Uh, yeah. So we could, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, but, so there was this whole thing of, is there a spy at Los Alamos? Apparently, in reality, security was shit at Los Alamos. Like, for what they were doing, it really wasn't that locked tight. Security was shit. People would just quit and leave. You don't know who they're going to talk to. McCarthyism really whipped America up into this propaganda of anti-communism, anti-socialism. And there were people in the movie that had obvious leanings in their life, and it showed at the end that a lot of their lives were ruined. And there's a scene where they're trying to kind of talk to Oppenheimer and and essentially get him to, if you have anything to say that you want to convey. But there's also this nature of socialism at the time that was leading up to where a lot of people in America or American communism or American socialism, like they maybe sympathize with the Soviet Union in contrast to the Cold War dynamic. Being an American socialist at that time before McCarthyism was just kind of like, like just stating a philosophy Mm -hmm. of a specific way and being like an American socialist did not necessarily mean you wanted Soviet style method of doing that. Well, and they even talk about that at the end. There's like, American communism and Soviet communism. Mm-hmm. Of course, American communism is not actualized. No. Soviet communism is. Yeah. Though a lot of communists will tell you that true communism has never actually existed. True. But that is interesting that it went all into that. And it wasn't anything like, it wasn't a jingoistic movie that went for or against. If no, anything, yeah. it was just kind of, Robert was trying to toe the line. He had respect for socialist ideology, but he yeah. was never a card-carrying member. No, he, he was just in it for that good pussy. Well, and he he wants to look at all sides of things. Mm-hmm. He's a scientist. He's a theorist. He wants to know like what's going on. And if he does feel that something is not right or something could get be- be better, he's going to explore that. And that seemed like what he was doing with that. Now, he did end up going to the Communist Party because, it, like, to the party that they had, yeah. not joining the party. Like, literally, they had they a party. They had a party. Because they have uh, the best parties and the best Because pussy. his brother joined. Yeah. Because of his brother's wife. And Oppenheimer actually, like, didn't like the girl because she got his brother into it. Because he was kind of like, dude, it's cool to hang, but don't, like, fucking sign your name on anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Kind of like understanding, like, the long game of this in a bit. But at the same time, uh, his wife, when he was being questioned by the, the, uh, with, by, uh, of the Council of Un-American Activities, whether in, in front of politicians or behind closed doors. I mean, he's facing an uphill battle. It's a bad faith mm-hmm. interview to begin with. Like, mm-hmm. so it doesn't even, they don't even really care. And we won't go into the details with how no, all that pans shouldn't. out. But it is actually kind of cool. Like, I am kind of a sucker for the political intrigue. But we're kind of leaning in on, like, a portion of that uh, because that kind of shit did happen to Oppenheimer in real life. 
And he, in there, I think it was sometime, sometime before 65, I think he died of lung cancer because he had a, he was a chain smoker. Yeah. But, but of course, this whole movie is leading from his early life in university. It's kind of all over the place, but not so where it's like you don't know what's going on. It's, t- it's very smart. It's very smartly put together. And then we get to the testing site, which is kind of feels like the emotional peak of the movie and that's the only part that really seems to hang on and the mm-hmm. silence that nolan used to for that and also yeah. the 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 guilt and i understand the guilt but like at the same time everyone knew they were making a bomb yeah and this is the part where it feels like they for as smart of men as they were there was some naivete on the part of the scientists because you know or the way it's played up gordon and the military men like this is a weapon. Yeah, yeah. But Oppenheimer kept heads trying around. to say, we don't have to use the bomb. We just have to say we have it. And we did Trinity. And Trinity was supposed to be the only proof needed just to say, like, it can be done. We can blow you up. We're not going to unless you don't stop fighting us. But but then they dropped the bomb. It actually seems kind of, kind of typical of scientific advancement where yeah. you want to get to the thing and then... There's like good intention. And then ask the questions later. And America is all about uh, the good intentions. Yeah. Talk more about the result than the intention than, you know, people tend to get real upset. So, yeah, I was glad we watched this in Belcourt. Yeah, me too. I consider that our home theater. It's our Nashville's independent historical... It's on the historical registry or something. It definitely is. I will say the length of this movie would have been nice in a reclining chair. Yeah. But I'm also glad it went to Belcourt. <laughs> All of the movies have these reclining seats now, so it doesn't bother me that Belcourt is more of a classic style. Oh, totally. I just have trouble sitting still for so long. Yeah. yeah. We get fidgety. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, we're not going to go in too much more of the weeds. There is a sad Einstein in here. I would say all the acting is uh, really good. A well-made, pretty well-written movie. Yeah. Though it's just a lot of names, a lot of government positions to keep track of. So many people. Uh, This could merit a rewatch some months down the road for me. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to call it right now. If the Academy Awards even happen. Oh, yeah. That I think this will definitely get nominated. Oh, yeah. And I think they're going to give it to this one. That would make sense. Even not knowing what's going to. What's in post-production? What's going to come out for the end of the year? But SAG and the... 100% this is going to be on the list. SAG and the Writers Guild are both striking. Directors Guild, uh, so far as of this recording, is not in solidarity. They are not striking. Yeah. But we will see. It seems like we are going to be in a lull. But hey, fortunately, we have like... uh, Like almost 100 years of movie history to head up. We're not going anywhere. But we hump movies. And we're going to hump Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer... Give it one through five. I'll give it one through five. Yeah. Combine for best out of ten. I'm going to go four, two, five. You going to match me? It almost feels like classically like a good movie. You yes. know? It's going to be on lists. And we're not going to spoil it. Like, people will get real mad if we say that they fuck up the bomb. It doesn't work. <laughs> it, it is crazy because there was a theory that, and you kind of see this in the trailer, them being concerned about it, that... There was a small probability that before they even tested this bomb that it could... Blow up the world. Blow up the world. Like cause a chain reaction throughout the atmosphere. That would never stop. So literally, in real life, they tested something 
that they thought at least maybe it could have been less near than a, zero. Near zero is how they worded it in the movie. Very very minute risk of destroying the whole planet when doing this. Fucking wild. The specter of nuclear, you know, war. It's something that will never really go away. Oh, never. Well, and they say, you know, they, they make the point, which is, I mean, obvious, obviously, but that while this bomb ended World War II, it also started the Cold War. I read this book called The Jakarta Method recently, which is about the U.S. ramping up uh, and funding anti-communist mm-hmm. governments and uh, throughout, you know, Guatemala. Mm-hmm. Chile is a pretty famous one. But Jakarta is, of course, in Indonesia, mm-hmm. and it kind of like set the stage for how effective this can be. But of course, this required uh, the deaths of probably over a hundred thousand people just being killed by their own propagandized countrymen. Uh, but like the but the communists. But what was sad about that is that the communist groups in the countries where the majority groups were like, "This needs to be peaceful. We need to." We can't just like go and attack our fellow countrymen. The countries like Cuba that actually like strapped up mm-hmm. actually kind of had more of a prolonged presence. The more militant communist true. parties, they did stick around a little bit longer and became whatever the fuck they're, they're going to become. Like we got Vietnam and China, which is China is about as communist as we are democracy, truly. So <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting context. The Cold War maybe was. Felt cold from your perspective, if, but the reality is, if you're in a lot of like so-called third world countries, which was a term coined in the Cold War, it was quite hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was quite like a lot of people died, and the U.S. Uh, was they won. We'll see how the long game plays out, but at that point, they fucking definitely won. The first Because I just read that book, and I highly recommend it. The Jakarta Method. I forget the author. Uh, would you say it's it's better than Hot Shots? Yeah. Better than Boy? Yeah. Yeah. Better than Four Lions? Four, Four Lions li- is really good. Four Lions is kind of special. I like it. But we're, I'm going to say it is. I think the only question is, is it better than Akira? I think Akira... I think Akira is good. But, Akira, you know. Akira has kind of stood the test of time, and it has been very influential. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Christopher Nolan made a very good, very, very good movie here, but I don't see it as as influential as maybe Akira has been. No, it's not going to be, like you said, but it already good. just feels like a classic film. It's going to be on lists of movies you need to watch. Yeah, from this era. it's not going to change anything. All right, so I'm going to put it under Akira. Okay. Throw it up. Check it out. Oppenheimer, it's at the bottom there. Our 17th best A-tier movie. You know what our number one... A-tier movie is High-Waisted Baggy Pants, remember? High-Waisted Baggy Pants out of the was past. Um, out of the past. Yeah. Out of the past. I was almost there. It was Robert Mitchum. Out of the past did not make S-tier, but it is like a movie. It might as well be. It, it, it is a movie I think is really great, and it has lingered in my mind. Yeah. Because especially Jane Greer. Do you want to pop it up to S-tier? Maybe down the road. We, okay. We'll reevaluate our ratings some okay. other time. I think there is a lot we can reevaluate too. Oh yeah. I think there's some things that are like maybe that's a little too high. Yeah. Or maybe that's the fact that Hot Shots keeps coming up in these conversations. I actually don't. I don't think. I think it's great. I don't think anything's too weird. low. 
But sure. I think that some things do seem too high. But of course, we differentiate. We don't agree with our own lists. All Absolutely, of the time. or each other sometimes. But that's it for the show. Um, check the show notes for links and other places to find us. Did you see Oppenheimer? Um, would you love to see Robert Oppenheimer be a guest judge on RuPaul's Drag Race? Uh, what did you think of the movie Oppenheimer? Is this Christopher Nolan's best movie? I haven't seen Dunkirk, but maybe. Maybe. Death to all traitors. Death to all traitors. USA! USA!